0: part one chapter seven of the cosmopolitan from two sides of a question by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part one inland chapter seven as ill luck would have it saturday was a wet day and durant instead of riding the mare was wandering aimlessly about the house he had finished all the books in his bedroom and was badly in want of more he knocked up against frida tancred in a dark passage apologized and confided in her as usual she was sorry for him i'm afraid we haven't many books but you'll find some of mine in here she opened a door as she spoke and passed on durant found himself in a room which he had not yet investigated it was somewhat bare as to furniture it struck strange to his senses as if he had stumbled into another world in some occult way it preserved the tradition of travel and adventure the bookcase he came to inspect was flanked by a small cabinet of coins and curios italian grecian egyptian and japanese the walls were hung with bad landscapes interspersed with maps one of these an uncolored map of europe attracted his attention it was drawn by hand in indian ink a red line and accompanying arrowheads followed the coast and strung together such inland places as were marked upon the blank the line started from southampton and reached the mediterranean by the bay of biscay it shot inland to the great cities of italy returning always to the sea it skirted greece wound in and out of the ionian islands touched at constantinople ringed the bosphorus and the black sea wheeled to moscow and st petersburg and then swept wildly up the north of russia to archangel and the arctic ocean thence it followed the scandinavian coastline darted to iceland and dipped southwards again to britain by way of the hebrides off queenstown the arrowheads pointed west winged for the atlantic he found the same red line again on a blank map of asia heading for india by china and japan an adventurous erratic line whose stages were now the capitals of the world and now some unknown halting-place in the immeasurable waste and what on earth did it mean was it the record of an actual journey or some yet untravelled visionary route but it was not these things alone that gave the room its fantastic and alien air what dominated the place was the portrait of a woman a woman who had Frida's queer, accented eyebrows and Frida's eyes, with some more fiery and penetrating quality of her own, something more inimitably fine and foreign. The portrait, which struck Durant as decidedly clever, was signed by some unknown Russian artist, and he recognized it as that of Frida's mother, the Lady of the Landscapes. He wondered if it was the demon of Ennui that had driven poor Mrs. Tancred to the practice of her terrible art if she had had a spite against coton manor which she vented by covering its walls with bad pictures he turned to the bookcase frida's library offered him an amazing choice of polyglot fiction it contained nearly all balzac and the elder duma tolstoy and turgenev bjornson and ibsen besides a great deal of miscellaneous literature chiefly russian and norwegian here and there he came across some odd volumes of modern greek a whole shelf was devoted to books of travel, grammars and dictionaries made up the rest. Miss Tancred's taste in books was a little outlandish, but it was singularly virile and robust. He had been prepared to suspect her of a morbid pedantry, having known more than one lady in her desperate case who found consolation in the dead languages. But Miss Tancred betrayed no ghoulish appetites if she had a weakness for tongues she had also the good taste to prefer them living durant was so much absorbed in these observations that he did not hear her come into the room have you found anything you can read she asked i found a great deal that i can't read you do go in strong for languages that's nothing my mother was a russian and russians know every language better than their own i don't know more than seven besides mine and i can only read and write them they will never be any use to me how can you tell what may be of use to you even mrs fazakerly or i durant was anxious to give a playful turn to that remarkable discussion they once had he thus hoped to set the tone for all future conversations with miss Tancred. i admit that you can't live on languages they are not exactly safety valves for the emotions nobody can swear in more than three of them at a time i think music's better instead of playing whist you ought to play chopin it's better to play whist well than chopin badly better to rule in hades than fool in the other place you think miss tancred you are as proud as lucifer i don't see that any good is got by murdering the masters it saves some women from worse crimes i believe why didn't you take to sketching then that only kills time miss tancred was splendid in her scorn kill time with painting bad pictures i'd rather time killed me ah that was what he liked about her she had not revenged herself on nature by making hideous caricatures of nature's face she did not draw in milk and water colours and she did not strum she had none of the exasperating talents the ludicrous ambitions of the amateur she was altogether innocent of intellectual vanity that reminds me said she that i've seen nothing of those wonderful sketches you said you'd show me he had clean forgotten the things Well, he could hardly do better than exhibit them it would keep her quiet and save him from perilous personalities at first he thought the exhibition was going to give her more pain than pleasure he sat beside her and she took the sketches from him gingerly one by one and looked at them without a word a visible nervousness possessed her her pulses clamoured she seemed to struggle with her own unsteady breathing once when in the transfer of a drawing her hand brushed against his she drew it back again as if it had dashed against a flame durant had noticed once or twice before that she avoided his touch suddenly she awoke out of the agony of her consciousness one picture had held her longer than the rest it's beautiful beautiful she murmured i'm glad you like it said durant pleased at her first sign of admiration oh i don't mean your picture i mean the place it's not a very good picture perhaps i don't know whether it's good or bad it seems to me rather bad though i can't say what's wrong with it it looks unfinished it is unfinished but that's not what's wrong with it these are better better painting his hand brushed hers in vain this time she remained absorbed i don't care two straws about the painting they may be masterpieces for all i know it's that that stretch of sand licked by the sea and the grass trodden down by the wind, the agony and beauty and desolation of it. She laid it down unwillingly and took the others from his hand. Oh, what's this? A wall in Susa. I've never seen anything like that. The light seems to be moving, soaking into it and streaming out again. It looks as if it would burn if you touched it. The artist in him laughed for pure pleasure. It's all very well, you know, but they must be infernally good if they make you feel like that. Well, they may be have you seen all these things or have you done any of them out of your head seen them of course i never paint out of my head i haven't enough imagination show me more places where you've been tell me about them you might have done that before he obeyed giving her his experience his richest and his best he drew for her scenes and things not in their crude and temporary form but as they lived for him and for his art idealized eternalized by the imagination that sees them as parts of the immortal whole and yet vivid individual drenched with the peculiar color that made them equally and forever one with the soul of maurice durant she hardly seemed to heed hardly seemed to listen or to follow she looked as if hearing were already absorbed in sight durant put a small oil painting into her hand he had kept his finest to the last if you're fond of the sea that may please you mid-ocean the slope and trough of a luminous sea in the foreground one smooth high bosomed unbroken wave the light flung off from its crest like foam to slide down its shoulder like oil on rounded glass on the skyline the white peak of a sail the whole a heaving waste of wind and water light and air it was a consummate bit of painting as nobody knew better than maurice durant she looked at it as though she would never be tired of looking a sudden impulse seized him a blind instinct to give pleasure at any cost to make amends for pain if you honestly like it i wish you'd keep it keep it keep it do you really mean it it would give me pleasure if you would but isn't might it not be valuable it was valuable, as Durant reflected somewhat regretfully, but he answered well. Valuable chiefly to me, I fancy, which is all the more reason if you'd like it. Like it? I should lo She drew back her breath. No, I think I'd better not. Thank you very much, all the same. She laid the canvas down with a gesture of renunciation. Now that's foolish. Why ever won't you? I daren't. I daren't live with it it would remind me of all the things i want to forget what things he felt that the question was cruel it was probing the very heart of pain but his curiosity was too strong the fountains of the deep were breaking up he knew that he had only to give the word to witness an astounding transformation of the woman he had given the word her face was changing it had taken on the likeness of her foreign mother intensified in its subtlety and fire what things the things i want to do and can't the things i want to see the things she stopped you know i don't even like to have those sketches of my mothers hanging about they haunt me so intolerably they tempt me to that degree that sometimes i can hardly bear to look at them he glanced at the drawings he could hardly bear to look at them either poor wraiths and skeletons of landscapes he would have thought them too fleshless and bloodless to touch even the ghost of longing she took up the picture she had just laid down but this it's not painting it's real it's a piece torn out of the living world it would bring it so horribly near me don't you see he thought he saw he looked and she lowered her eyelids onto the slope of his wave there splashed a tear salt to the salt she got up turned away from him and leaned against the window frame staring out at the gravel walk the lawn the paddock all this sedate intolerable scene her breast heaved she was shaken by a tumult of vision and desire if only i could get away get away from this it was not she that cried out but some other self unacknowledged and unappeased smothered and crushed and hidden out of sight durant was moved by the revelation and a little frightened too and why not get away he asked gently because i can't do anything like other people by bits and halves if i once go i shall never come back never there's no use thinking about it i thought about it till i could have gone mad she faced him bravely mr durant if you ever want a thing as badly as i want that let me tell you that it will be simpler and easier to give it up altogether for always than to keep on looking at it and touching it and letting it go you apply that principle to everything well, nearly everything hmm. uncompromising yet i doubt if you are wise wise isn't it wiser to stand a little hunger than to go back to starvation after luxury oh of course at that rate you can bring your soul down to a straw a day but in the end you know it dies if it comes to that mine was dead ages ago and buried quite decently too i think we won't dig it up again by this time it might not look pretty at any other time she would have alienated his sympathy by that nasty speech it was the sort of thing he hated women to say but he forgave her because of her evident sincerity she dried her eyes and left him to his own reflections so this was frida tancred and he had thought of her as the colonel's daughter a poor creature subdued to the tyranny of habit habit indeed she had never known even that comparative calm it was not habit that had bound her to that dreadful old man who was the father of her body but with whom her soul recognized no kinship her life must have been an agony of self-renunciation an eternal effort not to be he doubted her wisdom but he was not sure that he did not admire her courage that uncompromising attitude was more dignified than the hesitations of weaker natures when women set out with the bold intention of living resolutely in the whole the good and the beautiful they sometimes find themselves brought up sharply midway at the threshold of the good and there they stand vacillating all the time or at the most content themselves now and then with a terrified rush for the beautiful and the whole they are fascinated by all three and faithful to none frida tancred scorn their fatuous procedure balked of the best she would never console herself with half-measures and the second-best. As for all lesser values, there was something in her which would always mark her from Mrs. Fazakerly and her kind. With Frida it was either the whole or nothing, either four bare walls or the open road where there is no returning. She would go no way where the colonel could not follow. Durant, on his way to bed that night, saw something that told him so much father and daughter stood with their backs to him at the end of the long corridor the colonel was putting out the lights frida had just nodded good-night to him at her bedroom door when she turned impetuously and flung her arms round the little gentleman she pressed his head against her neck and held it there an instant a passion of remorse and tenderness in the belated caress the colonel was as it were taken off his feet he was visibly embarrassed Durant saw his eyes staring over her shoulder in their profound stupidity helpless and uncomprehending end of part 1 chapter 7 recording by expatriate in bangor maine